0: welcome to the drive time news blast 30 minutes 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth liberty and justice this is monica perez
1: and i'm brad pinkley
0: before our top story just a couple of things coming up people are going to want to know about for party level patrons we're going to have a dpp this friday our september dpp it's going to be at five o'clock 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. And uh, what I really want to ask people, not just patrons, but everybody, I want to do a roundtable of people who have lived off the grid. And people who have, I don't know what they call it, de-personed themselves, like de-documented themselves, gotten rid of their birth certificate or not gotten their kid a birth certificate. I just I want to know more about real, true, off the grid, off the documents living. So if you want to participate in that roundtable, please email me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. And even if you don't want to participate, you just want to answer a few questions, email me there, the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. We're going to try to put that together as a patron saint zoom party a week from Saturday. So it would be Saturday, September 18th. And if that doesn't, work out we'll just do a you know ask brad and monica anything kind of afternoon party
1: do we know people who have separated from documents
0: i know a few people who have emailed me and messaged me but i am it's hard for me to like sort through and go back and find who it was so if people are listening and they can kind of remind me, then we would definitely have uh, a robust group to kind of touch on that. And then what we do is we make a little excerpt for people who weren't there and with the permission of those who would appear in the excerpt. And, you know, so it's it's kind of a nice way to introduce people to those topics and also to be able to Q&A with them live for those who are on the call.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff in the news, a lot of international stuff in the news. I'm very sick of the topic of the day, of the week, of the year, of the two years, the COVID, the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates, like all that stuff, even though it is changing our world. It is World War Three. It is the report from Iron and Mountain substitute for war. It's changing everything I know, and it pervades everything that we're doing. But there are other things happening. And I think that the whole Operation COVID is meant to make wholesale changes in everything from our society, our culture, our reproduction, our financial systems, our economies, our, um, our governments. So some of the stuff I want to touch on today, touch on that stuff, um, kind of the fallout or other things that are taking place while we just have our eyes on COVID. One just quick one is that El Salvador. I don't know if you've heard this. You probably have El Salvador is allowed Bitcoin to be an officially mandated currency. So normally their currency is the US dollar. I was in Argentina when they, I think they used, they pegged their currency to the dollar and it takes out of their hands the the like a monetary element of being able to manipulate their economies. I'm not a big fan of manipulating economies, so I don't care about that. I don't necessarily think that it's helpful to be beholden to something totally outside your control. I really like gold as a currency, but the Bitcoin thing, uh, for me, it does, it it has wild swings, so it makes it a little bit difficult uh, for a medium of Exchange also like the fact that it's just bits of the coin, but I don't really see that as a huge problem. But so I think the way they're thinking of it as it would be a store of value rather than holding in dollars, it's, it seems to have a few hiccups. It doesn't seem like I, it actually doesn't seem that bad. They were saying like the wild swings, but it was only Bitcoin only went down like 10%, I think.
1: Yeah. And there's a variety of other altcoins too that also have these wild swings that people get in. I've gone from 3,000 down to 3,000 up in the span of a week before. It's a matter of the old saying only invest as much as you're willing to lose and then let it ride. I'm not offering any financial advice, definitely, but from my experiences, it's you can make a lot of money in it if you're lucky and you really know what you're doing, but it's not something you want to dive into in hopes of striking rich. It's you want to put in what you can only afford to lose.
0: But they're talking about using it to like shop in the store. Like that's what it's for in El Salvador. It doesn't seem well suited to that to me. But it but it, it actually was more stable than I thought it would be. And then I was wondering about, uh, I I wondered, I saw this little story about the IMF saying, you know, if they really lose control of their economy or if it screws up their, um, they get into a lot of debt or they need to shore up their resources to buy more Bitcoin or whatever, the IMF would be there to give them more loans. And for me, that just puts up a big red flag. When the IMF wants to give you a loan, there has to be something that it wants as collateral, that it hopes that you fail on the loan. So I looked and I thought, does, does El Salvador have any natural resources at all? I really couldn't find it. I was like, is it tourism? It seems like a poor country. And I did discover that in 2014, they, I believe it was 2014, uh, they, yes, they banned mining. They are rich in silver and gold and they banned mining. And they were subject to a case that was basically adjudicated by an affiliate of the World Bank and and they bitcoin
1: was a, mining you're saying
0: no no silver and gold so i'm oh, saying oh silver and
1: gold mining sorry so
0: they're rolling out bitcoin and they're talking about how it's creating a problem for el salvador for the government of el salvador and they're saying if they have to buy more bitcoin and the price goes up or um they if they so El Salvador is giving people like $150 worth of Bitcoin to kind of grub stake them to get them started. And if they end up, you know, any kind of pegged currency, the government has to shore it up and sometimes has to buy increased reserves of that currency. So the IMF is saying, well, we may have to bail El Salvador out. And all I'm saying is, it's not that complicated. I'm just saying that I always look when the IMF comes out, I'm always looking for what they're after and el salvador has a lot of silver and gold and they are they've they've banned it and the gold companies that kind of had a a right or they considered themselves having a contract to mine in El Salvador took them to international court and the precedent there was important because it's, it the question was can you adjudicate something like that in an international court if the country itself doesn't want to be adjudicated internationally how would you enforce that um it became kind of a moot issue because they ruled in favor of El Salvador El Salvador said the arsenic and cyanide or whatever that's a byproduct of gold mining was really heavily polluting its fresh water it's rivers and stuff so they won that it kind of kick the can on the precedent of whether or not an international body could really adjudicate like that um so all I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if at some point El Salvador begins to allow mining of silver and gold again I feel like this may be precipitating some kind of instability that will lead the IMF to make a deal with them I'm just I'm just thinking out loud about what? why El Salvador.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. Why El Salvador seems to also be a pilot for having Bitcoin as an overall currency, which people talk about Bitcoin and Dogecoin and other coins as the coins of the people, like a worldwide coin. This could be going that way when it comes to crypto.
0: I've always felt that like a lot of libertarians would say, like, why don't you like Bitcoin? And I don't like it or dislike it. I just always felt like it was a stepping stone to a cashless society. So what I feel like is that we're going to have a digi dollar, a digi dollar, and the digi dollar is going to have an exchange rate with greenbacks and greenbacks will be phased out as the exchange rate gets manipulated. And it'll also have an exchange rate with Bitcoin or whatever, or merge it or regulate Bitcoin so that it becomes highly compatible, almost like a parallel thing. I feel like, I mean, if you look into the history of Bitcoin, there is there is some sense that it was a deep state project. I'm not saying people aren't making money and they can't use it for whatever. They're talking about El Salvador being a bit of... Um, uh, it, it dangerous because now it'll be like a clearinghouse for illegal activity because that's how Bitcoin works. But I mean, Bitcoin can do that anyway, presumably. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really want to get too deep into it. I just I I feel like that definitely Bitcoin is a stepping stone to a cashless society. We're definitely going to get the digital dollar. This is definitely like a trial run. But I just have a feeling there's there's something more to it as far as El Salvador specifically. So uh. In Australia, another foreign story, have you heard about this, uh, the quarantine app in Australia?
1: I have heard about this.
0: So in Australia, there is a, a an app where if you are in South Australia, if you are required to be into, in quarantine, it used to be, they're saying, that they had to put all sort of police resources to actually monitor you and that... If they have an app where they randomly contact you through your phone, you have to check in within fifteen minutes, so you can't leave your phone at home and go to the store they and it's on not on a schedule, so it's just a randomly which so your phone has, is now a
1: tracking device, definitely,
0: yeah, for sure, and it has so much um it has so much. Like behavioral science behind it, in my opinion, when you do like random stuff like that, it really gets people to kind of always be on their guard, always alert. It's highly reinforcing to have like random, so they probably won't ask you for three days, and then they'll ask you, and the cops will come over like in fifteen minutes if you don't check in. And the biggest part I have, the biggest problem I have for this is, of course, it's the tracking, it's the um, the police response, it's all of that, but. they're they advertising it as it makes the monitoring cheaper and easier. And for me, anything that makes government activity, especially stuff that violates my fundamental rights, cheaper and easier means you're gonna have a lot more prevalence of it and abuse. That's why I hate plea bargains. They're like, well, if there weren't for plea bargains, our court system would be completely clogged. And my answer is if it weren't for made up crimes, Crimes, mala prohibited crimes, things that are just prohibited, you wouldn't have that problem. But you facilitate bad law by taking the, the, the cost out of enforcing that law. And that's what I don't like about it. That's what I don't like about the whole surveillance state. I feel like the entire that governments since the beginning of government have wanted to keep tabs on their people at all times and enforce every law at all times, but they haven't been able to because they just don't have the technology. Now we have the technology and look what as soon as we got the technology, look what they do with it.
1: I would be interested hearing in hearing from people from Australia if this is being enforced and how this process is working in real time.
0: Yeah. And I did I heard on the radio today that um lori lightfoot the mayor of chicago is really bringing the hammer down just like in new york with these vaccine mandates the uh and to my surprise i think like the police union and stuff are resisting
1: they are resisting and first responders just in general are resisting police officers and first responders are among the most hesitant to get the vaccine just across the board and this trend continues. There's no national stats that show what the actual vaccination rate is for the first responder population, but police and fire departments are reporting figures well below the national rate of what they say 74% of adults who have had at least one dose of the vaccine, which has caused city leaders to enact these mandates trying to Force police officers and force firefighters to get the vaccine. And one example is in Seattle, who could lose 200 police officers because they don't want to, they either haven't gotten vaccinated or they don't want to show their personal medical data. And that represents about 20% of the police department there of deployable staff. And they already had problems over the summer from the defund the police thing causing them to lose police officers. They are well understaffed there. It just kind of raises the question of why are they making policy decisions that is going to raise a number of questions, but it's going to put people who are in the most needed professions when it comes to the frontline workers and medical professionals, especially have them walk off the job. Nurses are in demand and nurses are walking off the job because they're trying to force them to get stuff. I think that nurses have valid opinions, and they should be listened to, and they should be heard, and there's other alternatives. They could do testing, weekly testing for people. They could, whatever. They don't have to force these vaccines, but they're doing it anyway. It almost seems like they want to create this shortage.
0: Maybe. I mean, we did have Amy suspect that they wanted to exacerbate the nursing shortage in order to send in the military in these hospitals. And they are putting right. the National Guard in healthcare positions all over the place.
1: You know, now that you say that, I heard three more states last night that are sending in the National Guard, along with Georgia, who's already did it, to help with the hospitals and the ICUs. And they keep saying ICUs 95 percent full. They're always 95 percent full. I heard Fauci yesterday say that he wants to see these stricter mandates in locales. And he he said very bluntly, just it needs to be if you want to participate in society, you got to get the vaccine. You, that's, that's it. That's how it no. needs to be. Like he's, yeah, he's just is- turned into full fledged mobster at this point.
0: Yeah, that's what they want. But um, I recall after World War Two, there was one law on the books. There's maybe many, many, many. But in England that you couldn't. You couldn't quit your job if you were needed in that job. And I mean, that's like real communist stuff. And the, and the highlight of that law, whether it was specific in the law or just the stated purpose of the law, was for healthcare workers workers. They, they couldn't quit. And I've always felt that the most important freedom is the freedom of association. Like I could not deal with working for or with or even have work for me, someone I couldn't Disconnect that, terminate that relationship with awful. So It's interesting
1: you say that because the unions are getting involved and they're negotiating right now with the city on how employees would comply with the mandate. I wonder if it could be headed that way.
0: Could be. um, Yeah, I I don't trust the unions. I know 10% of the bus drivers walked off the job in Chicago, which stranded thousands of kids and then they're paying off the
1: the parents to drive the kids to school. WSB interviewed a bus worker yesterday on one of the shows, fitting that same theme nationally. It's just amazing how everybody is in line on these mainstream networks. Maybe they had they a bus weren't... driver on, and they started off by saying, the peop- They shut down your schools. It's going to go virtual because the bus workers, right. you had three bus workers die in the past, whatever. Yeah. It's probably COVID, right? Oh, wait, we're not sure if it's COVID. And then that, they kind of premised it like that. It's crazy yeah, how they want the this Zoom.
0: Is. They want the Zoom schooling for sure, I think. So they have like so many things that will power, you know, maybe power shortages, who knows. So, okay. So there is one really big story that of an international nature that I wanted to get to that. uh So today I heard on the news that the five Taliban guys that. Were exchanged for Bo Bergdahl in 2014. Were put in high level positions in the interim government in Afghanistan. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I just I tweeted. I sent you a picture to put in the show notes, and I tweeted a photograph of my show notes from June. 2014 and it is it's in I even have the timestamp there the show I did was purged from work like I had all my media uploaded to my website and when WordPress purged me which is a story I'm going to tell in the Patreon 15 that when WordPress purged me they uh, all of my media files got lost so the text was there but the media files were um, lost So I have my notes, but I don't have the actual like airing it on WSB, which would have been interesting because I cracked the code on Bergdahl back in the day. And what I have here on my notes is uh, uh, like whatever it was, item D, returning Afghanistan to the Taliban was always the plan. So I have Imperial Hubris by Michael Scheuer from 2007 saying that we would be in Afghanistan for 10 years and then leave and hand it back to the Taliban. And I also have the Bernard Lewis plan, which says that there's going to be a Pashtanistan, which is a piece of land between Afghanistan and Pakistan that um, would break off like in the new Middle East. Condoleezza Rice actually copyrighted a map called the new Middle East, and I believe it showed Pashtanistan. So... I found an article basically written a week ago saying Pakistan shouldn't be happy that the Taliban took over because they're going to want Pashtanistan. Like that project is dormant, but not dead. So I do expect that to come. But what was interesting about what I wrote was I have um my little subheading is the Taliban five is the real goal. The U.S. has been wanting to get them home for years. Bergdahl was not always part of the equation. They just used him. As an excuse, and um, so here's the thing: the the Taliban five that were swapped for Bergdahl. The reason I thought from the beginning that they were the real goal of that operation is they were all part of the Haqqani network, and the Haqqani network was our operatives during Operation Cyclone, where Brzezinski and Billy Jimmy Carter, Billy Carter, Jimmy Carter there was a secular government in afghanistan and they radicalized islamists they were called osama's afghans and they um attacked the socialist governments they you know they were just like this terrorist organization within afghanistan and that's what prompted and they threatened that government that's what prompted the soviet invasion we usually say that we radicalize Islam to repel the Soviet invasion, but actually it was to get them mired in a Vietnam-type war, which they did. I think it was there for 10 years. Our guy, Charlie Wilson, who was Charlie Wilson's war, they made a movie of it, called Haqqani Goodness Personified. Haqqani reportedly visited Reagan in the White House. He, um, so... The thing about those guys is they were all captured right after 9-11, but before we invaded Afghanistan. So we went in and I think, and they had been working with the U.S. government up until that time. So I have always thought that they, they were our operatives there. We rescued them before the invasion of Afghanistan. And then we wanted to put them back in before we gave it back to the Taliban. So they would be got the guys to, to, um, run it. So one of my subtitles from 2014 was uh, we were protecting them and now we're reinserting them as our operatives. I mean, that was clear to me in 2014.
1: That makes perfect sense. That's crazy that you had that. I saw the note there, the image that you sent that you did. You have it written yeah. down from seven years ago.
0: Yeah. So they've, they've got them all there. Operation Cyclone was the Jimmy Carter... This big thing where we radicalized Islam to take over a secular Afghanistan, the Push Tunistan project that, um, if you want to look that up. Anyway, so I put my, my, I'll put, we can put the picture in the show notes and I put like my resources in some of the show notes too. Um, It's just, you know, when when stuff like that happens, that is absolutely foreseeable. I feel like you can't say it's foreseeable and not intended. I mean, that's that was seven years ago that I kind of as soon as I tried to figure out the Bergdahl operation, that's what I came up with. I mean, the threads were all there. The breadcrumbs were there.
1: Yeah. When this whole pull out of Afghanistan thing broke in the news and it became the dominant story, it did not appear like a plan that was going wrong to me. It appeared like a plan that was going exactly as they intended it.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Totally. So I do still have another big story, the last big story of the free 30. It's really a propaganda. So shocking that it's newsworthy, just as shocking propaganda. Normally I don't bring a story. It's just like, can you believe this crap? But because it hijacks the most vital phrase of the right and propagandizes that changes its meaning. I feel like it's important to bring that. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the patron fifteen. Bill Cosby's accuser comes out with a memoir. Uh, I will tell you an alternate theory of what that chick's all about. Plus, uh, why did I get off of thrown off of WordPress? I told you that I did, and I lost like my Bergdahl show. I lost a lot more there. Well, that answer to that question dovetails with a bizarre story out of Connecticut regarding a Remington gun case in the town that must not be named. But before we get to any of that, I would like to give a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show, True Hemp Science. You know how much I love True Hemp Science. I get many, many uh testimonials from users that people who like CBD products CBD is not like the mind-altering stuff it's not THC, it's like actually counteractive. If you take it with THC it would reduce the action of the THC people take it for anxiety for sleep, for just a general sense of wellness for in anti-inflammatory um, qualities. True Amp Science has a variety of CBD products from the oil that you can uh just take a few drops of or put in some water they have gluten-free brownies and cookies which are great they have gummies they have skin products like once you put the cbd stuff on the some soothing muscle rub or the stuff that i use on my feet the um uh sensitive skin stuff i think it is anyway you will see that this this is this is a real like this is a gift from God. God gave us hemp and it has so so many u- uses. And True Hemp Science focuses in on the CBD and the CBD uses. They do a great job. It is absolutely without any doubt in my mind the highest quality. You're not going to get any higher quality um CBD products than True Hemp Science. Go to truehamscience.com slash prop report. Use prop code. They sometimes have specials for prop report listeners, but make an appointment with Chris. He's our guy there, and he will for sure tell you everything about his products and, and probably do something nice for you. So check that out. And we really appreciate the support of our sponsors They basically support us because they like what we're doing. And we would hope that you would support them in the same vein, but also support us. So we have a lot of offerings. We have a lot of extra content on patreon.com slash propaganda report. We have deep dives on rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report. At Rockfin, you can pay $9.99 a month, or I believe it's $99.99 for a whole year. That's my membership. I'm a paying member of Rockfin. You get not only our exclusive stuff, but all the free stuff that we put up there. We're about to expand our offerings there. And all of the content that all the other great creators put on Rockfin. And one of the most, I think it's our most recent series, uh, is dovetails right with the last story of the free 30. So, without any further ado, let us get to the last big story of the free 30. So, okay, I was reading this story, this article in the New York Times, Big Mistake by Margaret Rinkel. It's called The South's Republicans Talk About Freedom While People Die so one of the things that she writes so what what i really want to do is read passages of this unabashed propaganda and then you can tell me like whatever you can react to it i have my reactions to it we'll get to as many as we can uh she says in the utter failure to understand what pro-life really means tournament normally a very close battle in the red states Texas is currently uncontested. Its leaders just made it easier to carry a gun and harder to end an unwanted pre- pregnancy in the same week. Okay, so I want to tell you something about this. So she's an says, interesting phrase. What?
1: Just what what you just said. That yeah. It's very interesting.
0: She's saying, in, 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 in the utter failure to understand what pro-life really means, okay? So I caught a glimpse of this coming when the MAGA hat kids were down in D.C. And we hear all about MAGA hack kids, but they don't talk much about why they were there. They were there for pro-life, for a pro-life march for Anti-Roe versus Wade, which is usually on or around January 22nd. I know because my mother used to take me there when I was a little kid. We would always just march on Washington. That's what we did. The buses would go down from the church, and that's what we would do. and I think that's what those guys were doing, those kids. But Around that time, and even maybe it was like the women's march around the inauguration of Trump, the, you know, like that was around the same time. Inauguration is at the end of January, too. So then they started having like kind of pro abortion rallies, really. But they, but they started changing the phrasing. And it was really driven home to me in our last Rockfin series where my, probably my least favorite person on earth, Imran Ahmad, said something about the right to life. Yeah. And and I thought they're twisting that because the right to life is what my mother's organization was always called. She always marched with the right to life. And and what they're trying to distort is they're saying and and I always thought like you don't actually have a right to life. You have a right not to be murdered. You have a right to self-defense. You have a right not to be attacked because we all die. You can't really have a right to something that can just disappear without even anybody else's actions. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not really a right. Uh You definitely have a right not to be killed, though, for sure. And what they've always misunderstood about the right to life is that There is an exception to the rule of not being, of, of having a right not to be attacked. You forfeit that right when you're an aggressor. So if so, if you're attacking someone, they have the right to stop you with deadly force if necessary. And some people conclude that if you are a chronic murderer, you have forfeited your right to live on this earth and that the state or even I think in the Bible, it talks about teachers or priests or something, or I don't know, other people who have the right to take your life because you forfeited it. You can't be trusted to live here. You're a danger just by your very existence. You've demonstrated an unrepentant penchant for killing people. So this idea that there's pro-life a right to life is a right to control everybody else, lest the air they breathe or the gun they carry, or the car they drive, or anything is going to, you know, the the farts from the cows from the meat they eat. You know what I mean? At a certain point, you know, the butterfly's wings are, are a threat to you. So I thought I, I, that's the big takeaway from this propaganda, I felt like, was that they are hijacking the pro-life. And you're going to hear that. it's They're going to
1: neutralize that. That's classic language co-opting. And I'm reading this book, this Communist Deception Tactics book. I know we've talked about this before, but it really does lay out how during the Chinese Cultural Revolution, how they targeted these symbols that were present in society, kind of like we talked about Colin Kaepernick and taking a knee, turning the flag into a divisive symbol. And they they try and turn them and use them for opposing reasons, which causes confliction and causes confusion, and it can try to rope people in who oppose you under the guise of thinking that they're following something different. And then you slowly kind of whittle away at that at that exterior until you capture the person through the symbol. And it's bold to go after such a a term with a clear meaning, in my opinion. But they're going bold right now with the propaganda. They feel emboldened to try anything, perhaps because the media is so behind them.
0: They take, they take these terms one by one, liberalism, capitalism, pro-life. They're going to take them all. The, the well, upshot of this article from this chick was, well, you know, just a couple of more phrases and we'll wrap it up. She says freedom. So she says that they're doing all this in the name of freedom in the name of freedom. And she says, freedom from what is the real question? Freedom from death is surely at the top of anybody's priority list. But that's not true. Give me liberty or give me death. That's the whole point is that you can't. That's the very essence of the argument for liberty is that you are the the threat of death is the ultimate fear control mechanism. And there is no such thing as freedom from death. She's offering freedom from death, but there's no such thing as freedom from death.
1: That's quite an offer she's making to people. It's that, almost a utopian type politics. That's interesting. I've seen a couple of articles this week about Bill Gates and the pursuit of immortality. And same thing with Elon Musk. Back to your point about the language co-option. We're seeing this in, a, in another way on the right, kind of more a mocking of the left way with the my body, my choice thing when it comes with the vaccine where it's the left has abandoned or progressives have abandoned my body my choice when it comes to the vaccine they are all about that when it comes to babies but the vaccine is not your body and not your choice
0: this her her thing goes all the way to saying that public health climate guns everything is 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 not a state matter she's arguing that the federal government should take over everything because Anything can cross a state border. And ultimately it's because Republicans should not be allowed to run anything. She says we need to take health and public safety, which is all those things. She said all of those things are health and public safety out of the hands of Republicans because this is not a game. No matter how people running here, running the place down here may behave as though it is. Now, what she fails to, what she refuses to say because she's smarmy and mocking is these people have a different opinion from her. And she is just saying they're Republicans, they're stupid, they're unworthy of self-governance, and it needs to be taken out of their hands. So I put the link in the show notes. If you if it's behind a paywall, just start a pocket account, save it real quick to pocket, and then you can go read it on pocket. Don't spread that around, though, because otherwise it'll stop.
1: That reminds me of what Biden is just now openly calling his climate change plan or human infrastructure or whatever you want to call it. He is now openly just calling it my build back better plan. Straight out of the World Economic Forum. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up for today. Yeah, we got some shout outs.
0: Yeah. We can talk more about that in the patron 15. No shout outs today, but there is a call to shout, for shout outs. So if you're a patron saint, go ahead and uh, check your messages on Patreon and you'll find a request for a shout out.
1: All right. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com/propaganda report or go to rockfin and or go to rockfin.com/propaganda report and check that out. We will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.